Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy. And I got my guy, Mr. Mitchell, in the building. I know you hear me. I got a little, 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 little bit of extra energy, a little bit of pep in my step. I feel good, man. I feel good. How you doing, Mr. Mitchell, man? How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Um, I've, I've been keeping my eye on the free agency and I've enjoyed the pickups that we've got. Um, you know, you, you kind of got to go into free agency with an open mind, I guess. So, um, yeah, I'm not too disappointed after, you know, settling and, and looking at our prospects over the last 24 hours. I mean, wait, what you just said, bro? Sorry. I was just saying that, um, after following free agency, I don't, I don't think we did too bad in free agency. Um, you know, you got to kind of go in with an open mind um, and, and you know, sort of lower expectations, I guess. Um, and I, I think we made the right choices and got the right fits. All right. So my guy, Mr. Mitchell, started off with some positivity. I'm about to – before we stated the New York mix, episode 47 – the aftermath, after free agency for the Knicks. I just want to get into something that's all day. And any Knicks fan who listens to me and Mitchell, I told, I, I told Mr. Mitchell, I got to just go on a minute rant real quick. Just real quick. It's funny how the Knicks don't sign Kevin Durant, a guy with a ruptured Achilles, we don't sign Kyrie, a 27, 26-, 27-year-old with busted-up knees who had, who had leadership issues in Boston. And we're getting ridiculed because Dolan or people in the Knicks management don't want to give Kevin Durant the max. Please spare me. Stephen A. Smith, spare me your misery. I don't want to hear that. Oh, the Knicks got nothing. I don't want to hear about Max Kellerman telling us about James Dolan and blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. So, as a Knicks fan, I'm going to just tell Knicks fans who listen to this show, who listens to me and Mitchell, speak positivity. Stay patient. Be patient. We don't need to be like the Nets. Sometimes the shiny objects ain't always good for you. As the Knicks been going through this for 20 years, Antonio McDice. So I just need people to chill. Need people to stop listening to the media. Stop reading these stupid blogs who's condemning the Knicks. I need y'all to go watch that interview with WF Fan, where the guy was literally arguing with Frank Isola because Frank Isola said the Knicks traded Porzingis for cap space, which is stupid to me when the man asked for a trade. All right, I'm done, bro. Let's get into it. <laughs> I'm done, bro. I'm, I, I didn't had countless arguments today. I'm done. Let's get right into it, bro. I want uh, first things first. Our first signing, Julius Randle. This is a guy, man. You spoke about, man. You definitely wanted Julius Randle. I want to know because I just went on an epic rant. I went on a rant about the media and people hating on the Knicks. I want to know what's your feelings about the Julius Randle pickup and how it could 
affect our future in a positive way or probably in a negative way, just for the people who wants to be objective about it. Yeah, well, I mean, me personally, um, I, I like the pickup, as you know. Um, I mean, we needed a – we had a need at power forward um, up front. Um, I think that he's definitely an upgrade over Noah Vonla, uh, that's for sure. Uh, he had a great season last season with the uh, Pelicans. Uh, what was getting 21 points, eight rebounds, three assists, shooting 52 from the field. Um and he was even uh, he even up his uh, three point percentage at 30, 34, and almost thirty five percent. Free throw percentage was at seventy three. So I mean, you know, it, he's definitely a guy that I I think that will fit into Fizz's system. He's interchangeable. Um, definitely, you know, you could play him at small ball um, center. You could um, play him obviously at starting power forward. Obviously, um, brings good size six nine two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, oh yeah, he's you know. a beast. Yeah, yeah, and if we're going to be objective here, of course, um, for the people that might have negative against him, uh, I noticed like on on Nick's pages and that people question his defense. Um, I noticed that towards the end of last season, he, he started to show a little bit of improvement on that side. Uh, he's still young; he's only twenty four. Uh, they do say, and they have said for a long time, it, it, it can take big a little bit more time to adapt um, and, and improve their game. So that's another thing to, to look at too. Um, I, I think that because he's such a workhorse, we've seen recent videos, uh, he's working on everything from his defense to his footwork to his just all-round game. Uh, he, he just wants to get better, obviously, and, and I love that mentality with him. Um, I love his workhorse mentality. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's I, I think he's a, he was a good get um, when you think about it, and he, he only really had that one bad season with injury. Um, since then, he's you know come along leaps and bounds in in my regards. Uh, he's improved every season. So I think he's going to be a good front court partner in the in the starting lineup with Mitch. I think he should complement him well. As I said, he started adding a three point to his game too. So um, yeah, no. Great, great pickup in, in my mind. So, I'm looking at Julius Randle. Love Julius Randle. Love him. He's a, he's a left-hand bandit, though. He always wants to go left. He needs to change that. I, I looked at his highlights, and I noticed that he does go left a lot. He uses right hand, but not, uh, the, the, not as much as I would like him to. But let me give you some stats on Julius Randle. Four players to score 20 plus points per game last season. Randall had the seventh best true shooting percentage, right behind Kawhi and Anthony Davis. There's room to improve. Room to improve. And 6'9, 250, he's a grown man. It was plays where I was seeing where he was literally bulldozing centers, who was about 260 to get into the paint. I love his demeanor. Um, I love his grit. He hustles a lot. His defense needs to be questioned. I want him to get better on that side of the ball. It would be the way I see Julius Randle going. If he turns into an all-star, 
I will love it. I will love it because that means that he's affecting the kids. That means that we're winning games, hopefully. And that means that his overall approach to the game is it has improved. Some tidbits about Julius Randle, bro. Julius Randle is married and he has kids. So there's an adult in the room. I like that pickup, bro. Let me ask you, though. Julius Randle, we could easily say Mitchell Robinson will be the most affected by Julius Randle. But what other guy do you think Julius Randle can unlock his game the most? For me, I got R.J. Barrett. I feel like R.J. Barrett with Julius Randle is going to be beautiful. If Fizdale could learn, when Fizdale puts in his offense, I want to see a lot of high-low action. Meaning Julius Randle get the ball at the top of the Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's going to unlock RJ's game. And I also think RJ will, will unlock a bit more of uh, Randle's game. Uh, I think they'll also complement each other just as well as, as uh, Randle and Mitchell complement each other. Uh, I mean, Mitch and both Mitch and RJ can learn. Um, a little bit from Randall too, because he's been in the league a few years, like a couple of years now, been around a bit. So he he's, he'll he'll help them in those regards as well. Um, again, as I said, I think it's a good pickup. And and just another tip, but he's the only left hander out of our pickups too. I think all the rest of them are right handers. Mm, that's very good. That's good. I like that. I like that. That was a great signing. Three years. 63 million. His third year is not fully guaranteed. Mind you, that's the. So the Kumbo becomes a free agent. Let me give you some more stats on Julius Randle. Let's compare him to Chris Stapps Porzingis real quick. Porzingis, his last year of him being healthy before he dunked on Giannis, he was averaging 22.7 points per game. 6.6 rebounds per game and 44% from the field. Julius Randle averaged 21 points per game, nine rebounds, and 52% from the field. How are you feeling about that comparison right now, bro? Yeah, well, I think it's, again, it's it's an upgrade. I think um, the, the big difference I noticed between Julius Randle and Porzingis is toughness. Uh, pure toughness. Uh, Julius Randle's a dog. He, he, he's he's a big ball. Um, that that's what I like about the three four like front court signings is, is that we went for for balls. We went for guys with toughness. We went with guys that um, you know in Julius's case as well uh, that I think will handle New York fans and New York media. You know um, they'll they'll take the criticism. They'll they'll take the uh, applause. When that's when that's needed as well, um, I think that, that that's what I like about Julius Randle. I think he he's going to bring that toughness and swag. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's got something to prove. Um, you know, he, he wants to be you know one of the top power forwards in the game. So, you know, that that I, I think I could say the same about a lot of these signing is they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. You know, they mm-hmm. they, they want a ball. They want want to prove something. Um, and yeah, they, they've all got that. I think they've all got that toughness quality, which is which is what you want in New York. Um, that's that's what I think's been sort of 
lacking with us, I guess, for the last few years is, is some tough. Uh-huh. It's funny how you say tough, guys, when Bobby Portis was known for decking people with practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I <laughs> Uh, I'll talk, talking about that, I was listening to um, Jay Ellis and, and CP earlier, and um, they were talking about, yeah, he, he's that tough that he uh, he sent Nikola Mirotic all the way back to Europe. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Sent them back to Europe. That, oh, man. Bobby Portis. Next, let's talk about Bobby Portis. People was clowning the Knicks. I seen the tweets. Oh, how did Knicks could sign three power forwards? Because we was short in the front court, you big dummy. But <laughs> I'm arguing with people on Twitter about this. So we signed Bobby Portis. Did you know yeah. he averaged 40% from three, bro? Yeah, yeah. So we got a guy who's 23 years old, shot 40% from three, toughness. And still has room to grow. 6'10, 250. I like the signing. Love it. And it's for two years. Yeah. Every, you know why people, everybody's getting signed for two years? Because we're looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo. When a lot of these contracts go up, we have a flat out 40 million for him waiting. So, Bobby Portis, he's most likely coming off the bench with Alonzo Trier. Frank Nelikina, Damian Dotson. Who is he most likely to affect the most? Now, for me with Bobby Portis, I think it's directly tied to Alonzo Trier. Because when Alonzo drives to the basket, now he will have even more space to operate. Because you cannot leave Dotson. You cannot leave Bobby Portis. And I think Bobby Portis will affect Frank Nelikina's game because he would make him a, a more aggressive guard. I think the practices is going to be real aggressive and real intense. So who do you think Bobby Portis will affect, and how are you feeling about the Bobby, Bobby Portis sign in total? Yeah, well, I, I have to agree with you on, on who, who he'll affect um, the most. I, I see him affecting with Trier, um, so I, I agree there, and also Nick Cleaner. Um I also think that uh, if you know if he's in the rotation at the same or on the courts, or should I say, at the same time as, as Dennis Smith Jr., I think um, he'll he'll bring out the best in him too. Um, you know, pick and pop, and maybe even pick and rolls, even. Um, so, yeah, it could be interesting in that regard too. Um, as for as for the signing as a whole, um, you know, initially when he first came into the league, I guess with the Bulls, I, I kind of didn't. I didn't think much of him. Like I thought he was a big brute, a big forward. Um, you know, he could score. Yeah. And, um, but I kind of thought, you know, kind of, kind of average. You know, he he was a bench guy type thing and that. But then when he went to the Wizards, um, he sort of had a bit of a breakout season, I guess. Once he got there, um, you know, he was getting fourteen points, eight rebounds. Uh, he spent seventy-seven percent of his time at the Wizards actually playing the five. Um, so, yeah, I, I personally think with his size, 250 pounds, I think he was the perfect pickup to back up Mitch because I, I personally think he might he might be used as the backup to Mitch. Um, you know, your, your Taj Gibson will be the backup to Julius Randle. 
funny that you said to Mitchell Robinson. I like that fit. It's funny that you mentioned the back of five for Mitchell Robinson. Um, Bobby Portis. Damn, that was a good pickup. If you if you think about it in hindsight, we struck out a free agency, but we get another guy with a chip on his shoulder. So I'm loving the pickup. So salute to you, Bobby Portis. You took on the New York Knicks head on, unlike other stars would. And I appreciate that, brother. Um, next up, Alfred Payton. Now this was, this was, I written all over this, but I'm intrigued by this pickup because Payton brings defense. He's six four, but he brings ball distribution. He brings passing ability. He brings triple doubles with him. I'm very intrigued by Alfred Payton. I think Alfred Payton as the bench point guard coming off the bench, I think he would do wonders for the bench. I think it will help keep the ball movement. I think you will see a dramatic improvement on the passing next season with no Moutier. And I'm intrigued by Alfred Payton. I think I can't even name one player he would affect. I think just the whole bench in general. And 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 when he plays with Frank Nilakina. Now Frank Nilakina is really working on his corner three. And if he could just hit 38% of his threes next season, that would be a deadly combo. So I'm I'm I, I'm interested in, in how you feel about Alfred Payton. And and who would he affect the most? Yeah, I like I like the pickup for a um, for a backup point guard. Uh, he he's very quick. Um, before he went down, um, he actually uh, set, uh, was joined a elite class because he had five uh, triple double games in a row. I think it was they were saying. Yeah, um, it was. Yep. yeah, yeah. So he was kind of kind of coming out of his shell a little bit. Um, you know, he's a Perry pickup from from Orlando. Um, so he, he's a Perry guy. Uh, so I like that. Uh, he's great defensively. Um, good, good, good. Got good size for a um, point guard at six four. Um, I think he's about one hundred and eighty five to one hundred and ninety pounds, somewhere around that mark. Um, you know, good distribution. Um, he, he's going to affect pretty much anybody he's on the court with, I, I think, and and bring out a lot of people's a lot of people's games. Um, you know, he he could affect Mitch if he's running at the same time as Mitch and and Knox, as well as, like you said, Frank and, and Trier. So I think it was a, a sneaky pickup. Um, I actually didn't think – I well, sorry, I actually thought New Orleans were actually going to entertain keeping him uh, because he's actually uh, from there. Um, so I, I was actually surprised he, he we actually picked him up. So I thought it was actually quite a decent pickup. Um, yeah, he, he could even, as, as I said, the – when I was listening to um, a show I was listening to earlier, he's going to be pushing Dennis Smith. I can tell you that for that for that starting point job because you know um, with his distribution, the way he his vision, he can see the court. And he's already more advanced than, than Smith there. Um, you know, he gets his assist numbers up. Um, so you know, there's a lot of people thinking, well, he's been brought in to for competition. See, and and you'll have the three of them. Uh, you know, Alfred Payton, 
uh, Frank Nidokina and Dennis Smith Jr. All, all fighting for that to cement themselves as a starting point guard, I guess. That's going to be a bad tool. That's going to be a hell of a battle. I don't even know how that's going to shake out. But in the in the, in the positive world, I want Frank Nelikina to beat out DSJ and Alfred Payton for the starting spot, to be real yeah. honest with you. Yeah. I'm praying that this kid shows up to the FIBA tournament and dominate. Not dominate, but... You know, show some promise. Show some great promise. So I'm very interested in the FIBA Cup tournament that's that will be going on later on this summer. Um, I love the Alfred Payton pickup though. That that was a great pickup. I can't Scott Perry salute to you, brother. I I can't even be mad. Love the pickup. Love what he could bring, and it's only for two years. Team friendly yeah. deals. And I'll Team I'll just friendly deals. I'll just I'll just add I actually preferred the pickup over you know people wanting Terry Rozier to be quite honest because whilst Rozier yeah he he can be a good scorer uh, when he when he's on you know having a good night um, he doesn't really have the best court vision in my eyes um, so especially over Alfred Payton like I watched Alfred Payton a few times throughout the season with the Pelicans um, before he went down and um, you know he was he was getting guys in in the open in the spots. Uh, you know, all the time. Um, so I like it. That's why I like him. I like his court vision. I like that he can create for others. You know, he might not be the best at creating for himself. Um, you know, he can get to the rim a bit. And um, I think he was slightly improving his corner three-point shot as well. Before he went down, he was showing a little bit of promise there. So um, I, I actually preferred the pickup over Terry Rozier. It's funny how you bring up Terry Rozier. He got $19 million from Charlotte. I would have condemned Scott Perry, Steve Mills, Scott Perry. What? I would have condemned them for paying Terry Rozier nineteen million. Me and you was talking thirteen million. That's- yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a- I thought when I seen that, I thought, oh damn, they overpaid. But in saying that, they were kind of desperate because Kemba left them. So I, I think they kind of had to overpay a little bit and. Of course, Michael Jordan opened up his checkbook for it, so which is a surprise to me because they fell about, I think, thirty to forty million dollars short on Kemba's five-year offer they offered him, and and I, I couldn't <laughs> get over. I was like, "You're going to pay nineteen million for Terry Rozier, but you can't, ch- you know, chump up the extra thirty million for a supermax for Kemba, who is a better point guard." <laughs> oh man, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> And then people talk about James Dolan. This is what I be. This is what I'm talking about, bro. This is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, bro. This people, people talk talking about, about James. Go ahead, bro. I was gonna. I'm with you. I, I agree. People talking about James Dolan, and then all you have to do is look at Michael Jordan, what he did for the Hornets so far in this off season, and Robert Sava, what he's done for the the Suns. Like, just absolutely realistically, nothing. Nothing that's of significance that's going to Jordan move the needle, so to speak. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, with Charlotte now, I mean, for example, they just have no direction whatsoever. Like, other than going in full-blown rebuild, they just have, you know, nothing left pretty much now. Um, you know, they lost Kemba and they lost Jeremy Lamb. So, 
you know, then it's the bricks when you've got a bad owner in charge. And, and, and I've always said Michael Jordan and Robert Sarver are probably two of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Two of the worst. And people always talk about James Dolan. How sad. Crazy how everybody talk about James Dolan. And all of these other owners don't get as much spotlight as he do. Cool. I hear y'all. The next signing, we got Wayne Ellington, two years, $16 million. I think I like this signing because... He's a he's going to be a mentor, so I'm not worried about him taking minutes from any of our young guys. I think he's going to be a mentor. I think that's a great spot for him. He was shoots 39 percent from three. Good player. I'm not mad with him. Not mad with the pickup. We definitely needed some mentors. I wish we kind of got Vince Carter, but okay, it's fine. We get a shooter. We get a guy who's a professional. We get a guy who's never been a locker room issue. And we we, we just get a guy to, to, you know, nurture the kids, help speed the process up of getting these kids right. Um, I, I, I just hope the Knicks made sure that they told him this and I don't have to see Wayne Ellison on the court for next season. Um, yeah, well, how are you feeling? About I mean, like, Ellison signing. To me, it was a bit confusing. Um, I, I didn't. That's probably the only signing that I'm a little bit confused about uh, because I thought by adding him, it, it it just put our guards sort of over the top, like one too many type thing. Um, don't get me wrong. Like you said, great locker room guy. Never had any dramas anywhere. Played decently when he was with the Miami Heat. Good three point sniper. I think they. They'll probably use him in the in the similar role as Lance Thomas, like he'll sit on the bench and you know sort of be a cheerleader and and uh, a teacher and that uh, come in play play some garbage minutes here and there possibly come in when someone's having a night out or um, you know is, if there's injuries obviously he'll be yeah. there for that. But I still at the end of the day when when we initially signed Reggie Bullock before him, um, which we'll get into Reggie obviously in a minute, um, I kind of thought well. Why did we need Wayne Ellington when we got Reggie Bullock now, who who covers the who covers two and three, obviously with his size? Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I think you know, great great locker room guy, great vet presence. Probably will just sit most of the time like Lance Thomas. Um, yeah, I can't really say much more than that, other than it, it was kind of surprising. As I said, I, I thought it was just a little bit overkill when it came to guards with adding him. Yeah. Yeah, that that was my only thing. But I'm like, knowing Fisdale, he probably yeah. told him what it was, and I know for a fact he's coming in as a veteran. So I'm not I'm not worried about that. So love the pickup. I love the mentorship. I love the the gritty guys that we got, guys with chips on their shoulders. Um, Taj Gibson. Taj is from New York. So shout out to Taj for coming home. Um, that averaged eleven and seven last season. Shot some threes. I know he could shoot the three. I seen him a couple times shooting the three. 
34 years old. So obviously he's definitely not going to be playing every game. He's going to get some DMPs. He's going to be making good $10 million, $10 million this year, help mentor the kids. I'm very sure he's not going to get off the bench before Bobby Portis, and I'm very sure he's not going to get off the bench before any of our young guys. So nobody should be worried about that. But if we are going to go small, or just add some toughness for about five to ten minutes, then we could definitely bring Taj Gibson off the bench. I love his mentorship. He can mentor Mitch. Um, we keep a, a that's a grown man, adult in the locker room. We need more vets on his team, so I'm glad we got Taj Gibson. No nonsense. Uh, he's like a defensive coordinator on the court and on the bench when he's talking to the guys. I'm pretty sure this is not a Joaquin Noah situation, so I don't have to worry about that. I, I'm excited for this signing. Um, this is my second best signing for the Knicks besides Julius Randle because of his mentorship, where he comes from. He comes from New York, so you know what it's like to be in the city. And I just love the pickup. I think he's a Fisdale guy, and he's going to help teach the kids. What do you like about Taj Gibson? And how Tibbs mentality. That that that's what I'm going to say straight defense. off the bat. Tibbs mentality. I love this pick. Um, this 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 guy's played with Tibbs twice with the Bulls, and obviously in in the Timberwolves. He's uh, defensive minded. Always has been. Always been a workhorse. Um, he's get you know he's getting up there in age, and he and he's obviously slowing down. He's obviously not going to give you the same production he, he was when in his Bulls days, but you know, coming off the bench uh, and, and for his vet leadership, uh, it just just these defense. You know, showing the big power forwards and and, and Mitch, you know, defense, um, how to play defense, how to play big man defense. You know, uh, that's why I thought it was a really good pickup. Um, he's actually wanted to be a Nick for a while. Apparently, it, it, it's been said uh, there, there was a time there too. He, he almost had an opportunity to actually become a Nick when he was a bit younger, and just didn't pan out that way. Um, so, again, I, I like the pickup because it's yet another guy that wants to be here, um, that wants to be in New York, that wants to be a Nick. Uh, so, I want guys that want to be a Nick. You know, I, I, I've said it the whole time, I don't want guys that don't want to be here and want to be in New York. If you're going to come, my, my mentality is if you're going to come to New York, you've got to come to the Nick because you're not going it, to, it's like LA with those two teams. To LA, you've got to go to the Lakers because it doesn't matter what you do with the Clippers, you're always going to be second best in that town. Just like it doesn't matter what you do with the Nets, you're always going to be looked at as the second best in New uh -huh. York or you're still going to be looked at as the New Jersey Nets. So New York is Nick's town. So I, I love the fact that he wanted to come here. It could, he could have easily... You know, chucked in like DeAndre or gone, gone to the Nets on a real cheap deal to go chasing something there. But he didn't. He wanted to come here because I think Taj Gibson's game speaks of old school Knicks. Um, you know, big bully mentality. Um, doesn't back down. Uh, you know, you could still get your rebounds, still still easily get your, you know, easy 10, 12 points a night. And, and that's that's all you'll need from him too at, at his age now. Um, but what he can teach from his experiences to, to guys like Mitch and, and Kevin Knox and Julius Randle and Bobby Portis, because they're both young as well. Um, 
he, he, I want him to rub off on them because I've always appreciated and respected um, Taj's game. I've, I've always respected his, his bully presence in the paint and I've always respected his defence. So, um, yeah, very good pickup. Mm-hmm. Love the pickup. Um, let's get into Reggie Bullock real quick, and then I really want to. I I want to get into if Kawhi goes to the Lakers. I really want to get into that. <laughs> so let's let, let let's get into Reggie Bullock real quick. Another shooter. Um, guy that came out of the Detroit Pistons system. I love his game. Love his grit. He's another gritty player. He's another guy who's going to push Kevin Knox to the limit in practice and push him during the game. I think that is Kevin Knox backup, and I think that's a great backup. It's a solid backup because he's 6'8", and he can switch one through four. I like what Fisdale is doing. I'm loving the pickups. They low-key remind me of the Clippers because the Clippers got specific guys and then they won games. So I'm loving what the Clippers are doing and I think we're following that model. It's a good model to follow. Um, Reggie Bullock, how you feel about her? I say he most of yeah. Kevin Knox because he has to push Kevin Knox. But... You, yeah, well, I agree. I, I think he like he's been up. brought in to be back up to Kevin Knox at the small forward, uh, which was which I love the pick. I, I actually love Reggie Reggie Bullock. Uh, I think he's been or been always been very underrated. Um, of course, he's had a little bit of trouble in um, past seasons with injuries here and there, but um, you know nothing nothing too major, of course. But that that sort of kept him back, I guess, his development back a little bit, but. He, he's a bright spark. Um, I love him off the bench. He, he's going to bring points off the bench. Um, another person I think I think he will affect too uh, on, on the second unit coming off the bench is, is Alonzo Trier uh, because while, while defenders might be focused on Reggie because they know, uh, I've been saying, Reggie, Reggie's a, he's a sneaky sniper, man. I, I actually think he's uh, more consistent from yeah. the three-point than Tim Hardaway Jr., um, that's for sure. So you, you have to respect his three-point uh, shot. So with, with people focused on him, if he gets doubled up and then persons are come, coming off a of trier, that's going to open trier up to do his thing. So I also think it's go, it's going to help Alonzo trier as well. Loving the Reggie Bullock pickup. We needed a, a small forward. Ignis is probably not ready yet. He probably won't be ready yet. But any injury and, to Reggie Bullock, and you, know, you got Ignis right in the back pocket. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and the and other thing I was going to say Ignis. is with with the team on paper now, I look at it, it kind of reminds me of the Clippers from last season, you know, a, a whole bunch of sort of role guys and or, or knock, you know, rookies and, 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 and solid vets all mixed into one that at the start of the season, people went, ah, oh, you know, they're not going to do nothing. They, they wrote them off and they got to the playoffs, man. So... You know, I'm all. I'm, I'm not saying it's definitely going. to – I'm just going to say, um, you know, look at the Clippers from last year. They didn't have any big names. Look at us now. We've got a similar looking team on paper. Don't don't count us out from at least getting the eight eight spot. Um, that that's all I'm saying because 
it could happen. You know, people people are going to write us off. People are already laughing at us. It could happen, just like the Clippers. We could get to the playoffs. And that just getting to the playoffs, even if we got knocked out the first round, you've got to be happy with that. That That is... That is a big step if we could do that. You know, go from go from last to at least the first round of the playoffs. That 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 would be one of the biggest turnarounds I've seen in a long time. Yeah, that would be crazy. And oh man, that would be amazing. Um I wanna look, we gotta get into this, man. Kawhi Leonard is going to pick his team today where he goes to. And I'm praying that he goes to the Lakers. And I'm going to tell you why, bro. Understandable, three top five players on the same team and, and this, that, and the third. I don't care about none of that. They all free agent. But that helps the Knicks. If you look at it from our perspective, because now for sure, for sure, the next two years, the Lakers are the favorite. They're the favorites. There's no way, no I, I can't see a team beating them in seven. I'm pretty sure you don't either. They get Kawhi Leonard. And I think it affects the Knicks in a positive way. I think it gives us clarity on how we can build slowly and get this team together. Because if we can win, if we can get into the playoffs by 2021, if we could touch the playoffs, we could be a serious threat for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Serious threat. So, I want I, I want to know your feelings about Kawhi going to the Lakers. Even though we both know it's going to ruin the league, we know who's going to go for the. We know who's going to be in the championship round on the Western Conference. Another rivalry. Yeah, um, I'm torn on this. <laughs> I'm really torn. On, I'm really torn on this because if he leaves Toronto, I'm going to feel for Spicy P. I'm going to feel for Kyle Lowry. I mean, he, he got very close. I know with them too. He also got very close with Sir Debucker. Um, I know. You know, I can turn around and say I know this league isn't about. Oh, we'll all play together because we're chums, you know, we're best friends, you know, because they mm-hmm. can't always sometimes work out, um, you know, because of the style of games and stuff like that. Um, but I'm torn on it because, you know, Toronto, they, you know, they've done so well, um, you know, and my hat's off to him as a Knicks fan um, for putting together finally a team that got him over the hump. And and I just thought collectively as a team, beautiful to watch. So I, I, I was kind of hoping in one sense that they'll all come back and stay together and try and go back to back for themselves. Um, you know, especially at the moment while we're in rebuild, I wouldn't mind seeing that and it'd be good for the league, you know. Um, it was good for the league that they won. Um, yeah. So, at the same time, um, and I'll quickly give a shout-out to Cal. <laughs> I know he'll probably be hoping – he'd probably be hoping that Kawhi goes to the Lakers. Um, <laughs> I could understand why. I can understand why Kawhi would choose the Lakers. Not and, and personally, I don't think it's got anything to do with 
with teaming with AD or, or LeBron. Um, I think it just got more to do with the fact that he's a California kid. Uh, he has been saying since he wanted to trade from the Spurs that that's where he really wanted to be. That's where his heart is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... And I think the Clippers are completely dropped out from what I've heard now. And they're not really in the race. It's really a two-horse race now. So it it, it all depends uh, because, as I said, um, I think I told you the other day I was reading something that he doesn't want to talk to LeBron. He doesn't want to talk to Anthony Davis. He doesn't really – I mean, he's had conversations with Rob Palenka, but that's not who he's interested in talking to. He wants to talk to Magic Johnson, which I believe he has, and I believe he still does, is continuing to. Uh-huh. Uh, and he only wants to talk to Jeannie Buss. So to me, he holds what they've got to say in higher regard than anything LeBron or AD could sell him on. Uh, you know, LeBron could come to him with a position in, in Space Jam 2, and I don't even think it'd get it over the line. So <laughs> I personally think, you know, I, I was reading a, I was reading something this morning, actually. It was manuscript of the conversation that was had between Magic Johnson and Kawhi and his uncle. Uh, one of the questions Kawhi had for Magic Johnson was, when I was at Spurs, did you guys try to trade for me? Magic uh, gave him a full-blown honest answer that, yes, we did. But because of the history between the Lakers and the Spurs, and the Spurs, in, in Magic's eyes, were asking for about 2,000 draft picks. But in reality, like he said to Kawhi, it was about four or five first round picks they were asking for he said we could not do it at the time um it would have really handicapped us uh and the question his uncle had for magic johnson was uh is all the talk is all the reports about the inner fighting between yourself rob palinka and Jeannie bus what's going on there magic johnson responded with um that with Jeannie, it was him and Jeannie were like brother and sister and it was just like a squabble between you know a family member um, and that, yes, he did call Rob Palenka a backstabber, uh, but he's moved past that and he, he just wants to see the Lakers win a championship now. And he believes for that to happen, they need Kawhi Leonard to make this big three. So I think he he's going to hold that. I think that's what, what it, he's letting all that sink in. Um, and I think they were good questions to ask. Um, I think now what's happening in my belief is that he's making them wait a little bit now, making them true just to see, do you really want me? How much do you really want me? Are you just going to hold off like you're holding off right now, not making any deals for me? Do you want me that badly? Like, I think that's what he's, he's trying to figure out is how much they want him. And, um, you know, uh, I think that's obviously how, what he wants to feel, especially come oh. if he if he's just going to decide to come back home. He he's going to want to feel wanted. He's going to want to feel respected. He's going to want to feel like he's not just being added as a third wheel. So, yeah, it's very tricky. It's very tricky. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see. As I said, I'd like to see him stay with Toronto just because. You know, I, I think he was really good for Spicy P. He unlocked a lot in Spicy P. Um, he even unlocked a lot in Kyle Lowry's game and, and Kyle Lowry's leadership. So I, I just think it's a better situation at the moment because when, when you kind of look at it, and, and no offence to Lakerland and Laker fans, the Raptors are in a hell of a lot better situation than the Lakers. You know, at, at the moment they've got Kyle Kuzma, they've got LeBron James mm. and they've got Anthony Davis. Uh, so, 
apart from that, once they sign, if they sign Kawhi, okay, cool, you got four guys. Now, what are you going to do? You know, who are you going to who are you going to sign that's left? Because they, you know, they're in that waiting period. So many names have come off the board already. There really isn't a lot to work with on the free agent market right now. I mean, yeah, you've you've still got the dozens. And, and and that's not a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I've heard from all reports, not even a team's called for a meeting for DeMarcus Cousins. So that's not a surprise. Um, you've still got the Morris twins, I think, are out there. Mm. That, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but it, it, they're coming off the board very fast. So the Lakers are going to uh, be scraping the bottom of the barrel regardless now. Um, and I, I think that's another reason why, too, um, before I let you let you have your say on this, is um, Golden State swooped in and, and made sure they took D'Angelo Russell because now that takes him out of play for the Lakers to fall back on as a fallback option. So very, very smart move on Golden State's behalf. Uh-huh. Um, I think that it can work while Clay's out a backcourt of him and Steph um, because he can play off the ball. Um, Steve Kerr is a fabulous coach. I'm quite sure he, he will make it work. There'll be there'll be little ups and downs, obviously, initially. And then um, I'm suspecting when Clay comes back, Clay could even come back as a small forward and, and D'Lo play at shooting guard. So that's another thing I've looked oh, at. But, yeah, goodness. again, with Kawhi, it, it, it's anyone's guess. But all I know, it's down to two teams. That's all we know. I'm telling you, bro, he's going to the Lakers, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, I just – I get that feeling he's going to go to the Lakers and all the moves that was made during free agency. It... Yeah, exactly. It, you know? You mean to tell um, me, who's going to compete with that three in the Western Conference? Utah? <laughs> um, Houston? No. I'll tell you two teams. Um, I'll Lakers, tell you two teams. So... Yeah, no, I'll I'll give I, you I one give more. That's that's one I was going to give Denver? you. Portland Trail Blazers. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That, oh man. All all I can yeah, say is oh, I haven't. Right I mean, at the Clippers, he didn't do too bad. Um, old Neil Olshey, and and then when he went to the Trail Blazers for a while now, I thought you know you've. You sort of, yeah, you're an average guy for a GM and then stuff like that. But this this free agency, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, he nailed it. He's nailed it. He strengthened that team. Um, yeah, he did. They're going to be really hard to beat, uh, regardless of what the Lakers put together. I've even think that Portland's put themselves ahead of Denver uh, with the team that they've got there now. Um Gotta disagree with you on that one. I got to man. Denver, Michael Porter Jr. Well, that's back. true. We don't know what he gonna look yeah. like. Paul Mills. I, I did like. I, I, I must bro. admit, uh, for a, I'm, for a I'm moment like there, until you mentioned his name again, I think it's just because he's been out for so long. I did forget about Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think because I've had my mind on Kevin Porter Jr. for the last god knows how many months. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if if he comes back. And he's the same player that I I've witnessed in college. Yeah, then then I'd keep Denver just just ahead of Portland. But Portland, I think it was a big thing to pick up Hassan Whiteside because since he was healthy last season, he, he was back to being his beastly self. 
Um, he even started improving like DeAndre Jordan from the free throw, so that was a bonus. I mean, yeah, he's got a mid-range game as well. I mean, you're probably never going to get him shooting three-pointers, but that, that's beside the point. He's a good defence, defensive guy. Um, I think him and Nurkic are going to be a good interchangeable centres up there for them. Um, and, and, and just having the big boys that they've got now is definitely going to help their small backcourt. Uh, I think that's what half of Portland's problems been the last few seasons is because uh, Dame and, and and both him and CJ are quite small uh, for a backcourt because uh, they're both, what, 6'3", or something around that mark. Um, you know, defensively, it, it's been a little yeah. bit tough. As much as they tried, don't get me wrong, you know, you watch them and just going off the eye test and, and see a lot, a lot of people, they'll go into statistics and say, oh, this guy's not great defensively. This guy, but you can't just always go off defensively uh, statistics like that because you've got to actually watch the games. And if, if a person's at least, you know, giving effort and trying, you know, you've got to at least say, hey, they're an average defender. At least they're, they're giving, they're trying, you know. I just don't like it when you see guys on there that, that you don't try, you know, like James Harden does a lot, you know, he just doesn't try on, on, on defense. Um, but yeah, no, Portland and, and Denver are going to be dangerous. Um, and if the Lakers, all I'll say is if the Lakers don't get Kawhi, then I think the West next year is a two te- two team horse race between Denver and Portland. <laughs> Oh man, you want <laughs> Portland is dangerous, man. The NBA it got balanced. Much better, man. For parity reasons, I hope Kawhi go to the Clippers, man. For parity reasons, that means we yeah. not gonna know who's gonna win either, the either, next season. Either that, that or, or or he or he goes back to the Raptors because even then you could still say the same thing because even even him going back there and yes. You know, barring health, if they all have come back and have the exact same looking team, that they, they could they could do it again. But then again, Milwaukee could could be stronger. Uh, Philly, Philadelphia has gotten unbelievably more stronger than I thought they initially were with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. Um, and all I'm going to yeah. say is is um, yeah. everybody just keep an eye on the Miami Heat right now. Um, just keep an eye on the Miami Heat because if what I'm hearing and, and if Pat Riley and them boys down there is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you continue, I'm going to throw the name yeah. first before you even say it. Bradley. Yeah. He's, you know, you know, he's one of my guys. Um, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely stoked for him. If he can get out of what he, I've, I've said it for a while. He needs to get out of Washington. Um, I'd love to see him and Jimmy Butler down there uh, at the Heat. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, especially oh, with Justice Winslow, uh, Bam, uh, Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Even, even yes. uh, you know, I, I hope for the best for, for, for this season that Goran Dragic has, has a good run of health because for for a vet point guard when he's healthy, I mean, he's got good court vision. You know, he, you don't necessarily need him to score, but yeah, Bradley. I, th- I think they traded. No, him, no, that's what everyone. I thought that's. I think that's what everyone thought, and then it didn't happen. And then that's why I think they sent out Whiteside, and they still had Dragic there. Last, last I, I, I looked. Yeah, 
because um, initially that was the case, and then I don't know something happened, and there was a lot of hiccups at, at first, and then Olenek and 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 uh, Derek Jones, I think it is, yeah, they both got sent to the mat, and then they got pulled back as well because the Heat didn't want to give up DJ. So yeah, I kept my eye on that too. So they've still got Goran, as far as I know. I don't know if they're going to still try and flip him. Um, they might still try and flip him, maybe, because I think they have. Um, what what I'm hearing is they might run Justice Winslow at point guard because he did really well last season at point guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I would do. That would be my front line. It would be Justice Winslow, Bradley Bill, uh, yep. Jimmy Butler. You got Bam. You got Bam out of bio at center. And I don't know who you run at the four, but it doesn't even matter. Well, they don't even run. That's starting four right there. They was going to – they'll either run James run Johnson or um, Kelly Olenek at the four. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. I'll and, I mean, that. Kelly Kelly O, man, like, like he, he he's oh, very he's... underrated. Um, I actually don't mind his game. Um, he, you know, he's not – the best defensively, he's okay. Um, but on offense, geez, he can stretch the floor for you. Yeah, he definitely can. Uh, oh, man, there's so many things that the Knicks could do with this roster. If Barrett develops a handle, do we put him at point guard? Trey, now I get to see the positionless basketball. Now I get to see... Yeah how the Knicks could really run this. I'm interested. The 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 key, the key is it's four things that gotta happen next season for sure. Mitchell Robinson has to show me some type of mid-range or three-point shot, bro. Or a jump hook. You gotta show me something on the offensive side of the basketball, bro. That's what I'm looking for. Summer league July 5th. I'm looking for him to give me something. I think Mitch is the key, bro. I think Mitch, if Mitchell Robinson unlocks his game to where I think he can be, I think it will rub off on RJ. It'll rub off on Knox. It'll rub off on Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking this and team, man. I'm liking this team. I will, I will say, too, that um, I've listened to a few, few other – things around the place in the last couple of days and and I, I think I'm in agreement with a lot of people too on this that the best player on our roster right now is RJ Barrett now Jonathan Jonathan Macri said that um, and also the guys over on Nick of Time uh, Jay Ellis and that they they also think the same thing Tal- on talent alone RJ Barrett is yeah. the man when it comes to the Knicks at the moment him and him and him and Mitch are going to be the two that are going to be all over the posters and everything at the moment because you're going to sell Mitch as your big defensive anchor, your big defensive stopper, and you're going to sell RJ as mm-hmm. no, not not the saviour, but the next big thing for New York City. You know, so like the, the, RJ Barrett, man, I'm expecting <laughs> to have a bigger and better rookie season than Zion Barrett and yet uh, Zion Williamson and that's a big statement to make but I have this feeling that unlike Zion 
RJ's got not only doubters to to keep quiet, but he's got something to prove. He, I, I think he wants to go out there and prove why he himself believes he's the best draft prospect in this draft class. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett has a lot to prove. A lot of people's disrespecting the Knicks. I know R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox. I know these young boys watch ESPN. I know they seen Stephen A., all of the analysts, everybody. I know they seen them just trash us, talk about us, talk about how James Dolan this, James Dolan that. Man, I'm I'm really excited for R.J. Yeah. Barrett. I'm I'm excited for this roster. When you when you're looking at this young roster, so much young talent. Five things need to happen for the Knicks to to for the Knicks to really make the playoffs. I'm gonna throw this at you, and then we're gonna get out of it. Five things. I think number one, Julius Randle becomes an All Star or borderline All Star in the East. And mind you, people, this is just all optimism. All optimism. Number two, I think. Dennis Smith Jr. in his third year has a gigantic leap. Gigantic leap. He doesn't even look like the same player from last year. He needs to be in the running for most improved player of the year. That's in my opinion, if we're going to win games. Three, I need R.J. Barrett to be top two in the rankings for rookie of the year. All year long. I need this. Nope. I need him top two rookie of the year all year long. I need him to show and prove. Four, I need our bench to be a top five bench in the league. Top five. I don't want to see no less than 40 points a game this season from the bench. And my fifth and final thing for us to really, if we're going to win more than 30 games or possibly get into the playoffs by a miracle by God, Fisdale has to install an offensive system, bro. He has to give me an offensive pace and space system. Last season, I did not see a system, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on that, and I think that frustrated a lot of us. So how do you – overall, after my five little topics, how are you feeling about us going into next season as I said those five times? Yeah, well, um, before, before I quickly get into it, I just want to say about one particular person in the media – and I actually don't even mind if he hears it. <laughs> but people, Knicks fans everywhere, don't pay attention to Max Kellerman. He is a boxing expert. He's a boxing oh expert. God. As far as I'm concerned, he has no NBA knowledge whatsoever. Right? He's just assuming. He just guesses. He just says what whatever comes out of his mouth, you know, like, he, he just doesn't have a clue, you know. If, if we were talking about boxing, I'd sit there all day listening to him. But when we're talking about basketball, I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to listen to someone that, that's not an expert, you know, in the field. Um, so, yeah, take, take what Max Kellerman says with a grain of salt. Um, and, and as for Stephen A, I love Stephen A. Shout-outs to Stephen A. Um, he just he just Love overreacts sometimes. I think it's more just for for entertainment purposes, you know, like that just to get in the people. Um, I I actually don't mind his meltdowns. I actually I actually sit there and giggle myself. So 
he, he's just a he's just a New York fan that that you know obviously like the rest of us been patient and we've been miserable and we, you know he's been through the ups he's been through the downs and and everything so he just he just wants to see a good outcome you know so um, but as as for us heading into this season um, again I'll, I'll just touch quickly on that I do like uh, all the signings um, I'm curious as I said to see uh, what Bobby Portis is gonna going to really bring. Um, I'm, I'm excited for, for Julius Randle. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I really, I've got to agree, I really want to see Fizz implement, implement some kind of system this season. Um, I wasn't one of the people complaining last season because he was a first-time new head coach um, and he was had a lot of new guys to work with. So I think last season wasn't about bringing in a system. I think it was just about uh, giving guys a chance to to see who's going to be here the following year, um, and and you know see what what he's got with the young guys that he that he's got, um, and see what you know which areas they need to improve on. Um, I think that was a good thing to to incorporate and and just get fundamentals down. Just just start slowly building a culture initially before implementing his system. Um, now that he's had a season. With Mitch and with Knox and with D, oh, half a season with DSJ, um, you know Trier, um, he's seen what they've all all can bring to the table. He's seen uh, the areas that they're good at. He's seen the areas that they're bad at. Um, now he can work with that and he can implement a scheme and a system that is going to, I guess, complement all their talents um, and, and hide any weaknesses of others. I think that's what some of these signings were brought in for, especially Taj Gibson, again, for his defensive mentality. Um, so it's going to be a fun mm-hmm. season. It's going to be an interesting season. Uh, if I'm going to throw a prediction out there, I, I definitely think we'll get somewhere in between 30 to 40 wins, which is, is, is for me, a plus over 17 wins. Um, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Uh, these are contracts also that people have got to understand that they can be used at the trade deadline. Let's just say I'm just going to throw a hypothetical out there just for you. Gianna, seeing things aren't going well at the Bucks and Giannis goes, I want out, I want traded, right? We've got contracts that we can go for hit someone like him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Giannis, but, you know, I'm just saying that the, the contracts we've we handed out are a lot more tradable than contracts that we've handed out before. We found it so hard to get rid of, um, I say, a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, we all know Jaquain Miller's contract was just completely mm-hmm. untradable. Just like the Wizards... Just like the Wizards, for example, having trouble with John Wall, if they wanted to try and trade him, untradeable contract. No one's going, you know. Bruh, you know, you, you know what they say. Real quick before you finish, they said in order for us to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. this offseason, we probably would have had to trade three first round picks. So screw all of y'all who say yeah, trade yeah, exactly. The, this is this is why I love Scott Perry and and and, and people. Uh, I know there's a lot of fans that are still whinging and complaining and out there moaning, you know. I think they just all had their hopes on this Kyrie-KD pairing, you know. Um, you know, go drink a glass of milk. It, it's all good. Um, Scott Perry's only been here for a short amount of time, but this is good. Um, if he wasn't here, these type of contracts wouldn't have been handed out. Uh, you know, Steve Mills would probably still be handing out the silly contracts he was handing out beforehand. So... 
this off-season, the contracts that have been handed out is, is a sign that Scott Perry, with his knowledge and his track record, is rubbing off on the rest of the front office. He's teaching them things that they really needed to know to go in a better direction than the direction that they had been going in, in the past. Um, every one of these contracts has got Scott Perry's name written all over it with the team options and partial guarantees. Um, he, as I said, the, the only player that I, I think out of all of them that he, he only, and I, and I do say slightly overpaid for was Taj Gibson. But again, it was worth it in the end, slightly overpaying for, for a vet presence like that after losing DeAndre Jordan as that presence. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Again, it's still a contract that, you know, he's playing well in that and that's a team that, run, you know, desperately needs a power forward or something come the trade deadline. They could look at Taj Gibson and say, hey, what do you guys want for him, you know? So every one of those contracts is going to work out beautifully for us, whether they end up proving themselves and go, hey, yep, we want to keep you, or they are playing well enough and we go, hey, we can get someone better for this position or another position of need. So... Uh, it's going to be a good season, interesting season. A job well done to Scott Perry. I give him a solid B to B plus. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to summer league now. I want to see what our draft two draft picks do in summer league. I want to see what Mitch brings to the table. Like you said, I'm interested to see on um, what his three point shot looks like and what his mid range game looks like because I do know he's been working on them this off season. Um, and yeah, I, I also want to see yep. what Frankie brings. Um, I'm I'm really curious because I know he's got a lot of haters out there, and I think a lot of people might be surprised because the Frank Nittle Cleaner I've been seeing in recent videos is not the same Frank Nittle Cleaner I remember when it comes to shooting. Um, his whole shot has changed uh, and, and been tweaked, and. Um, yeah, I, I really wish him the best. I, I, I'm with you with what you said earlier. I, I wouldn't mind if he beat everybody out and took the starting point guard jo- job because, um, I, or, as I said, I already know what his defense is like and I already know that he's got awesome court vision. It's all about the shot. Let's see what he brings. <laughs> yeah, I love everything you just said. As I'm reading what you just said, I'm seeing reports that Kawhi has definitely leaned into a signing with the Lakers. Vegas odds is seven to four Lakers to win the championship. It's looking like the Lakers is also going to get Andre Iguodala on a fat minimum. They might add Carmelo Anthony. And, to that and and I tell I've, I've been saying this the whole time, and and you'll agree with me because you'll know this player has been waiting on Kawhi. Also, think that if they get Kawhi, the Lakers will get Danny Green because I actually think he'll go. Oh, um, why even mm. compete for a championship this yeah. season? <laughs> why? What? This is why Scott Perry, the Knicks might as well build this man a statue. They might as well, because think about it like this, bro. And this goes into KD going to the Nets with Kyrie. Why did y'all go there? If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, y'all not beating no goddamn Lakers, man. <laughs> Y'all not beating the Lakers. Yep. No. Y'all, y'all not beating the Lakers. So, I'm happy right now. And that's why when we first started the podcast, I was very excited because we we in the driver's seat now. So, 
we just got one job right now. We got one job, and that is to make the playoffs within these next two seasons. Because if we do, and we could grab we could grab Giannis onto Tacumpo. Oh my Jesus. That's what I'm looking forward to. So we just yeah. have to make the playoffs. Any final words, bro? We know Summer League is July 5th at 9 p.m. I will be tuning in. We will be doing a podcast as soon as the Summer League game is done. We definitely will be doing a podcast. I I, I, I shouldn't even have to ask you if you want to do one after the podcast. <laughs> I mean, after the Summer League game. I got a, a, a quick prediction. Quick prediction. I think R.J. Barrett scores 20-plus points, and I think Kevin Knox scores 20-plus points. And I think we win the game. So, I want to know your final words, and I want to know your prediction about what's going to happen the first summer league game. Yeah, well, first off, I'll, I'll just let all Knicks fans know on the last note, don't, everyone, everyone don't stress. Everyone just just have some patience and bear with this new front office. Give Scott Perry time, and you will see what Scott Perry's plan is and, and outlays. Um, we're going to see more wins this season, so that's going to be a plus. That's going to be fun to watch. This team's going to be fun to watch, so, so just get ready for them. As for the first Summer League game, I think RJ Barrett will be the, uh, you know, the player of the match. Um, I, I think he's going to have a really big game to you know, cement his spot and, 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 and let the league know that he's arrived. I think you're going to see a lot of improvement in the first game out of Kevin Knox. Um, I see both of them easily getting double-digit points. Um, and, and not only do I see us winning that game, I'll give you one, one better prediction. I see us taking out the Summer League crown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny because I think I, I honestly would be disappointed if we don't. Yeah, go yeah. Well, I mean, the only team, the only team in summer league that that I feel, and I've looked at a few of the. I haven't looked at all the teams, but I've looked at a few of the teams. The only team I think that will be interesting also to watch and keep an eye on is, is the Pelicans. Um, so um, that that could be interesting. But the game that that game in itself, Zion versus RJ Barrett.